Welcome to Get This Shit, the bi-monthly podcast that answers the questions you've always had, but forgot to ask. Prepare your earballs. Get this shit. My name is Cassie, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sam. Where? Hello. Where? Who? Hello. <laughs> Why? How hello? Hello. I, I wasn't even going to go there, but... What? Hello? 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 <laughs> hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode. Um, We've... Got a special one for you today. Yeah. From uh, deep, deep, deep within our vault. <laughs> uh, we have a two-parter, actually, for you guys. So uh, this is episode 49, mm-hmm. and it's episode 49A, and then we'll have episode 49B, <laughs> because we don't want to miss our 50th. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, we had a couple friends on, and uh, it's a really good episode that uh, we banked uh, during. I think it was during the last holiday season. Yeah, uh, when they were in, in town visiting us, and yeah, it, it's just been long enough where we figured it's a really great episode. You guys should hear it. Yeah, um, it's been so long. In fact, that our poor friend Anne was like, "Was it not good?" <laughs> like what? I mean, I was like, "Funny story." External hard drives are great, but um, you got to know where that bitch is <laughs> to get the information off of it. Turns out. Turns out. So, yeah. All right. Well. You could just staple it to your computer. That's done. <laughs> zip tie it. That's what no, I'm going to do. No, you can't trust zip tie staples. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're you're totally right. They don't use zip ties in surgery. Nope. <laughs> I, I think. Wait, what are they used for lap bands? I don't know. Maybe a zip tie. <laughs> who the who the hell knows? If you have a lap band or have had a surgery with zip ties, uh, hit us up at GTS uh, Podcast at Gmail. Right. Yeah. I think it's Get This Shit Podcast. It is. It's Get This Shit Podcast. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, well. Uh, without further ado, we uh, present our banky episode. <laughs> See you on the other side. Well, hello and welcome to GTS. Uh, today, I'm joined by uh, three of my most favorite people in the world. Uh, we'll start with Samuel. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. We also have Anne. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm so excited to do this. God, I'm so glad. And last, we have Isaac. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm all right, yeah. Good. My allergies are kicking my ass today, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> all the... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So wh- when, when you edit this... Um... <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Cool, I, cool, Kaylee cool. and I had one the last time she was around, and we were both just hacking all I've day. I've got some Flonase in my bag. If anybody needs to pass just that need around. To put it in the vents <laughs> and just constantly pump Flonase yeah. through the house. For real, yeah. It, it, I know it's a psychological thing, but the second I crossed from Illinois to Indiana, 
I can just feel my sinuses contract. The dog wood, the cotton wood. I, I wish our GPS. Our bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish the GPS wouldn't tell me like, "Welcome to Indiana." Yeah. It has a pollen map and it pops up. You don't need GPS. You cross the border and it's just like, "Oh, there's a pothole." <laughs> yeah. Instantly, the road situation changes. Uh, well, we should probably introduce people a little bit more than just sure, names yeah, and yeah. whatnot. But uh, we know Sam, so. You're mm-hmm. fine. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's go fine. fuck off. Yeah, okay. Shut up for a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love you. Try. You guys, you guys know each other, right? For yeah, a bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in a biblical sense? <laughs> You know. Very much so, yeah, and I, a non-biblical too. Goats, so. Yeah, all right. It's like the Roman <laughs> yeah. standard. Okay, all right. <laughs> yes, the Roman standard. I wish, I wish I was worth my weight in goats, <laughs> but I'm not, unfortunately. Well, Anne, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh gosh, what do you what do you want to know? Mm, let's go with. Uh, oh, so how did we meet? You and I meet. Uh, I met Cassie. <laughs> Through Sam, mm-hmm. when they showed up at my father-in-law's retirement party. Um, oh my god, that's right, yeah. Yes. <laughs> was that the first time? It was the first time we met. Wow. Uh, and I was so excited that Sam was coming and excited to meet his girlfriend I hadn't met yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and also excited that there were going to be people that I knew at the party because I didn't know any of the other guests that yeah. were all like friends of my in-laws. Um, and we had the most fun. Just yes. goofing off at this silly party. And then uh, Cassie was like, you want to get out of here? Do you want to come see my dad play a show tonight? And I was like, yes. Oh, shit. Yes, I, I do. completely oh, forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. And I was uh, mingling with the rest of the guests. And all I heard that Cassie's dad was in a Journey cover band. Yes. yes. <laughs> and <laughs> thought that for years. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like... When he mentioned, he was like, do you think your dad sold us that Journey cover band? I laughed so hard because I thought he was just telling your joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's so funny you remembered that joke. And he was like, what, what joke? joke? Yeah. And uh, yeah, spoilers. I don't know Journey that well. So for me, it was just real. So <laughs> It was just the facts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that oh was the first gosh. time I met Cassie, and we had the most fun, and we have been friends ever since. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I was so excited when Sam was like, yeah, we're going to go to this party, whatever, whatever. And we also went to a Denny's at some point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know if it that was tracks. that night. That was or... a ritual. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. I know. You brought me in on the <laughs> existing Denny's. That's how we knew he was serious. I was like, true. Yeah, he made it to a Denny's trip. Yeah. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll come back and do like interest. But Isaac, how you've been involved with Sam for a long time. Like you guys. <laughs> involved. involved. Yeah, that's a, that's a word That's our secret. Going steady. God yeah. damn it. Going so, steady. I- <laughs> I mean, my family has known Sam's family for forever, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have some shared trauma in terms of school. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and church. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I've just known his family forever. They're great people. Yeah. And I love it. All that. So yeah. he's like my other brother. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's so sweet. He's my nicest brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd say that thanks, but too. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> the other two. Also, my smartest brother. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, Isaac, what are some of your interests and hobbies? Just so we... Oh, uh, I, I do a little bit of everything. I, I nerd the crap out of life, so... Yeah, you sure do. All kinds uh, of stuff. You also have a podcast. I do, yeah. So I do one called BS Reactor um, that I do with a bunch mm-hmm. of friends where mm-hmm. I'm at. And the thing is, like, we always would talk, like, just when we got together about the things that... Oh my God, you should see this movie. Yeah. And there's always the, like the things that fall through the crack and you're like the only one in the group that knows <laughs> about this it. amazing or yes. horrible thing Sure, that you're like, oh, I, I want to talk about this thing, but who am I going to talk to about this? Mm-hmm. Right. So we started a podcast to, to talk about the things that no one else would talk to us <laughs> yes. about. And it's been a lot of fun. We've, I think we're uh, 60 some odd episodes <laughs> in, oh uh, at this God. point. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, it's been great. Um, so tune in. It's bsreactor.com. You'll end up at a page yes. eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so. well, I'll definitely uh, put it on uh, the shadows, the link trees, all of that. So mm-hmm. you will have access. It'll be super easy. Just click and then like, follow, subscribe. All that yeah. fun shit. I will say that it, when you listen to this, I imagine I will act different here. Uh, we all kind of play dumb there because yes. it's more fun that way. So, uh, yeah, go in with the ex- expectations of, like, not this. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well read, Isaac. <laughs> I love it. Um, and what about you? You're a crafty gal. I Yes, all of my hobbies involve making things in some way. Um, I love it. I like to bake i like to knit i sew i'm dabbling in embroidery a little bit right now oh, i love that um yeah i just like if i'm gonna spend my hobby time doing something i'm gonna be making something or i will be doing absolutely nothing <laughs> trash television yeah. in bed forever um I, yeah, Anne yeah. is who got us on to Love is Blind. You're welcome. And <laughs> we sped through that bad boy. Oh, yeah, sure we had did. to take a break from watching Love is Blind to record. Mm-hmm. There's and a, then we went back. Went back. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of things that I will watch a lot of and explain to people that it's not what I would say is a great television show or a great movie, uh-huh, uh-huh. but I really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were like between series watching mm. streaming services. And it popped up on Netflix, and I was like, hey, this would be a fun hate watch for an episode. <laughs> yes! And it just kept Never. going. And yeah. be, because we've been in quarantine for whatever, and mm. not been around humans in like a dramatic way, like living vicariously through other people's you know stupid-ass drama has been amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and I love other people's drama. Like, yes. I don't... I like my life to be nice and calm, but other people's drama? Yeah. Let me watch, please. Like, my family is extremely nice. Like, I, I love my parents and my, my Pathologically family. Pathologically nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And in case they ever figure out what a podcast is, hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And usually when we come to Indiana, we either end up hanging out with them or we end up hanging out with friends. Because, like, it's hard to switch back and forth, you know, mentally for us and... Like, it kind of feels unfair to be like, well, it's been a fun two hours. Bye, guys. <laughs> like, Bye. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So this time, we're hanging out with you guys. <laughs> I That's really considerate of, I I don't know, like the time that you're investing in the people that you're yeah, spending totally. it with. And like you said, it's nice to yourself. So you, you don't have to do mental gymnastics. Uh-huh. And so like, it is rough. People only have like a certain amount of energy in, in their brains. It's so true. Uh-huh. And shifting back and forth 
definitely spends energy. Yeah. So I don't want to like end up with either my friends or my family acting like a brain dead zombie because I'm like yes. <laughs> trying to, you know, piece myself back together. for Absolutely. Yeah. That's why fucking customer service is so difficult. Oh, yeah. Because you have to continuously switch modes depending on, you know, what totally, ass yeah. hats in front of you. No fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I do believe... Oh. Let me say real quick, yeah. for context, Isaac and I are married. We live together. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, we forgot that. That's yeah. why when, we talk, when I talk about Sorry, we just stuff, covered that before, yeah. I, I right. think it's probably applied. I just assume, right? Yeah. It's probably applied, but in case it wasn't clear, yeah, yeah, yeah. we are a married couple. Yeah. <laughs> we drove here together. We're very happy. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Go <yeah>. team. Yeah. <laughs> Go team. Yes. So just hanging out, just doing couple friend stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, we have suck at single people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know where to find yourself. <laughs> uh, too much? Too much? No, I no. Love okay, it. all right. Enjoy your jogging or whatever you do. Yeah. <laughs> your alone do. time. Yeah. Which is all of your time. Mm-hmm. I would like to remind you. <laughs> they're, they're allowed to have friends. Sure. Yeah. I guess. Sure. Just don't, you know, bring your single people. To- I'm so kidding. Listen <laughs> <laughs> and be like, I know you're fucking talking about me. Just at me next time, ho. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, well, Katie. We had a really good time for the small amount of time that you guys have been in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were invited by Anna and Isaac to go to a really cool exhibit at uh, our Indiana State Museum. Is that? Yeah, it's well, I mean, it's, Fields Art Museum. Yeah. Arts Museum. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In State Museum is downtown. Downtown. Very separate, yeah. Uh, so many museums. Yeah. Can't keep them all straight. But we went to the uh, Loom, which is a digital art Immersive exhibit? art experience. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's a warehouse with a thousand projectors, and it's amazing. Yes, it was absolutely wild. I want to know what some of your guys' favorite parts of it. Uh, I never realized Vincent Van Gogh's hat game was so strong. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He definitely had a collection. He sure did. I was. It was. I mean, he had a fur one. He had that straw one. Uh-huh. Like it was all. It's yeah. pretty dope. I'm just saying. He was a fashionista. Yeah, and with the the displays the way they were, like the landscapes, they could kind of get them to move. Like there was yeah. a train that went through the, the windmills. The train part was really cool. Super like, cool. Yeah. But the like the portraits were largely static, and I feel like that was kind of a missed opportunity sure. that he wasn't like doing like waggle eyebrows <laughs> into the camera, like Jack Black eyebrows. Oh, yeah. God, yes. It's like he's he's talking to the ship captain, making jokes and pretending to laugh. Right? Yeah. I what ship would captain? Love to see. I miss the ship captain. He, he had like a boat hat on. Oh, that gotcha. I thought hat game, son. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. I like how I just described the hat and instantly you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah obviously, yeah. yeah. I'm like, where's this? I didn't meet him. I didn't see him. <laughs> yeah. I really like that it. there are not very many art exhibits that like really create a space for you to sit. Like yeah. the, it, it's made for you to sit for a period of time mm-hmm. and just take it in. Yes. Like sometimes little corners of the museum are made like that. But this one, like if you just walk through, you have not seen it. Yeah, there is very little context for this, and I didn't Google it beforehand because I just wanted it to, like, wash over me or whatever. But, like, yeah, it is an immersive event. And, you know, you're supposed to immerse yourself in art and, like, stare at a piece. But in a museum, you see work after work after work, and it's hard Mm -hmm. to invest Mm -hmm. when you have another thousand to look at that day. Yeah, absolutely. And I am that person who will just be like, I'll rush through all the other stuff to get to the thing I'm excited to see. 
Mm-hmm. And so you have to like make me stop sometimes. Yeah. And so that was, I think that's the thing that I really enjoyed about it was that like to take it in, in any capacity, you had to just sit and be there. Yeah. Because later on in the museum, they had three paintings next to each other. Right. What was a Gauguin, yeah. one was a Cezanne, and one was a Picasso. Nope. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> it was at the end of the Van Gogh. Exhibit. It was. And it was, it, they, they were painted to represent the same area of France at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we spent a little bit there, but it wasn't. Like you did, you, it was hard to jump into the painting in the same way that the loom yes. with all the projectors and sound effects and sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I think part of the exhibit that we weren't able to see yesterday was the terrain, which is also yes. on that fourth floor. I hope we can go back sometime when it's happening because that's another one where to like really experience it. You have to sit and experience it because that is specifically a sound exhibit. It has all these little microphones in the ceiling, like tons of these little microphones. That's really so you can cool. stand in any place in the room and it sounds different, but it's like the soundscape that kind of washes through the room with different pitches. And it's like these whispered conversations and traffic sounds and all these things. It's really cool. But again, you can't just like walk in there and be done. Yeah. You have right. to be there. For yeah. Sure. I would either love that exhibit or loathe <laughs> that exhibit. I, well, and they have it in, like, it's against the part that, like, overlooks the, like, grounds of behind the museum. Oh. Where they have, like, yeah. a hiking trail. So mm-hmm. you you can sit on these benches and, like, look out into nature in a really lovely, beautiful way. It's yeah. probably my favorite place on We're the planet. We're going to have to go. Yep. Flow yeah. show. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, if you ever get a chance, make sure you check with your local oh, museums. Mysteries was coming to my head. That's it. That's <laughs> There's it. a local okay. mystery museum. Mysteries. I'm also going to that. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, the Mutter Museum. I'd go to that. Anyway. <laughs> I wonder if in a thousand years there'll be like the history of escape rooms. Yeah! Like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, watch historical footage of right. idiots in it. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Back see then, they a called loom. them a Karen. <laughs> a Karen! Oh, my God. This is a great Not looking forward to that. <laughs> you see this Chad, air quotes, is <laughs> <laughs> trying to, to break the lock. But Oh, my God. We have Chads and Kevins, and they're distinctly different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the loom. If you guys get some sort of digital immersive art uh, installation near you, go to it. It's mm-hmm. fabulous. Yes. Also, we did not talk about the giant cloud in the lobby. Oh, I <laughs> see, but I got a picture with it. We did we'll too. Post yeah, it. they're amazing. Good. Yeah. Good. So cute. <laughs> yes. Well, send me that picture and we'll include it for okay. uh, the uh, Instagram shits. But. <laughs> I promise so much stuff. I overpromise and underdeliver when it comes to Instagram. <laughs> and then I do random photo dumps and I'm like, hope you guys remember what I've talked about the last totally five episodes. Fine. I've been telling people at the end of BSR episodes to check our social media since like episode one. Yeah. There is no social media there page. <laughs> Jasmine set it up and I was like, yeah, I'll send you stuff. And like, it just never happened. Yeah, man, it's rough. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it though, because eventually it's going to be true. It's yeah, going to be true. And what are you going to do? Go back and Tag it on? No. Right, no. Right, I'm going to yeah. just keep putting good vibes or delusional yeah. vibes out into the world. <laughs> I like the delusional vibes, though. Yeah. Only delusional vibes. Only. 
well, the, the four people that are like, I'm going to find this and spend hours looking yes. for nothing is, yeah. I really Did like it. I want to support me? them. Where are they? <laughs> Where are you? Uh, <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, well, I do believe that uh, we brought some tales with us. Is that true? Mm-hmm. You guys brought some research Ish. or what have yeah. you? Yeah. Isaac should go first. I, love, I, don't, all right. I don't know about that. Oh, you want to rock, paper, scissors? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I love it. Well, Anne, <laughs> we're ready to get this shit. Can you hear my papers? Yes. You're welcome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this ASMR yeah. experience. Oh, we, now. <laughs> we didn't put it in post. This is for real. <laughs> um, I have never. No sound barriers here. I have not put together, like, a report of any kind in such a long time. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> um, that's very much what it uh, felt like. And I. I'm always a big nerd, and I was like, oh, I kind of missed this. School. This is why I like school. This is so interesting. Oh, yeah. Gosh, nerd. Uh, yep, that's me every day. I love it. Um, so like I said, I am a crafty, crafty person, and recently I have been getting more into sewing my own clothes. And through... That's amazing. <laughs> it sounds impressive. I, I'm not super good at it. I'm better than I was. But I'm not great. But through the like indie sewing world, I found this Discord server that has these incredible makers on it. And it's run by uh, this person, Kelly Hogaboom. And what an amazing name. <laughs> Kelly is the most amazing person. And so this server, she, ref- they, sorry, non binary, they, them pronouns, they refer to it as a service server. And so there's this real encouragement for people to give and, like, provide services or comments or support or whatever to the people in the server. And so two of the people in the server, like, put on this workshop that is a size and gender inclusive wardrobe planning workshop. Wow. Yes. And so I attended and it was amazing. And so the concept, right, and I've been thinking about this more as I'm trying to learn to sew my own clothes is then there's this extra level of intentionality. Like I'm choosing the pattern. I'm choosing the fabric. Yeah. Like what do I really want my wardrobe to look like? And that's more complicated than I initially thought it would be. Sure. Um, I can see what, how that is. You're like, well, I like this and this and this and this. And then the deeper you get, you're like, Oh, well, yeah. And then like how the things that I think are are cool. Like, do I have the skill to make those? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do those really fit into my life? There's all of these things. Sure. Um, so anyways, the, the two people who put this on um, are Ruby, and if you wanted to find Ruby on uh, social media, she's at Spokes and Stitches, and Maggie. And Maggie is at Green Style Mags on all social media, and she is a personal stylist and brand personal brand coach slash consultant. That's cool. And you can hire Maggie to do like fashion like style consulting with you. Oh She'll even she even provides some like shopping services. Um, that's amazing. She's very focused on green fashion, which means she, she'll help you figure out how to find like secondhand clothes. Cool. So you're not participating in fast fashion. It's all amazing. Ruby and Maggie are so interesting. So amazing. This workshop was awesome. And she's not kidding. She's been talking about them for weeks. I can't <laughs> stop. I love it. I, you can pair all of that down to whatever it needs to be, but no, no, no. <laughs> we're keeping it all. I love it. Um, but anyways, in this workshop, they talked just like the tiniest bit about the history of fashion. 
And Ruby said something to the effect of, the sizes that we have today come from Belgian astronomy. What? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) And the Scottish military. And I was like, hold up. Well, Fancy. Well, the and Scottish this, military makes sense, but so the astronomy. I'm this not. is the thing I've been talking about for weeks, right? It's <laughs> yeah. like yeah. Uh, the this is astronomy what's and military. And so I messaged Ruby to see if she had like resources and stuff, and she pointed me to a podcast episode um, from what is it, ninety nine percent invisible? Oh yeah, the yes, um, mm-hmm. and a book NPR, called. The, right? I don't know because I only okay, listened to the right. one episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fair enough. I'm sorry. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, we'll put it in. We'll I found only in. that one and then a book that they drew on called The End of Average by a guy named Todd Rose. So, the and I did not read the whole book from Todd Rose, but the first part of his book talks about how the Belgian astronomy stuff ended up yes okay so like in the 1760s astronomers had telescopes and stuff and they'd be looking at the sky and they would see these celestial bodies pass through and they wanted to know how fast they were moving Mm -hmm. okay so they would sketch or etch on their lenses Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. two parallel Mm -hmm. lines and then they would time from when the body passed through the first line to when it passed through the second line makes sense Mm -hmm. and then they would do calculations to determine speed but then every astronomer had a different speed for like Saturn or whatever. Okay. Right? Because when you're working with etched lines, maybe they're different thicknesses. Sure. You're working with people timing, maybe they're watches, maybe they're not as quick to record, whatever, oh right? So there's all God. these variables. Right. So right, they right, decide right. they're just going to take the average of all of their numbers, and that's probably going to be the closest to sure. reality. That makes sense. Sure. Like tracing a scatter uh-huh. plot. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like that. so then enter adolf ketele and i might be mispronouncing that no that's our favorite game we tried to look up his name and it is real french yes so the spelling (laughs) is as fuck over here the spelling for those of you who want to do more reading is q u e t e l e t wow that is french oh yeah for real i thought it was like a a kettle chips (laughs) yeah no i was like kettle kettle what um Anyways, well, if, you, if you already know this name, it's probably because you've learned about the BMI chart. This is yeah. This is the fellow who gave us the BMI chart. Wow. So it's he been rigged from the start. Yeah. Yeah. So like in the 1820s, he basically just he found he learned about statistics, <laughs> and Great. he was like, "You can do what now?" <laughs> this was also at a time period in history where we had like data sets on populations for the first time. Sure. Death rates and birth rates and these things. And he was like, oh my gosh, this this data is fascinating. Mm. And in that in that regard, I'm like, yeah, data is fascinating. Sure, I, I it get is. it. Yeah. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say also bias is fascinating <laughs> and collection <laughs> errors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he figured that because he was an astronomer and so then when mm-hmm. he discovered statistics like population statistics he thought that you could apply mathematic principles to populations in the same way you could apply them to the stars uh, yeah. uh, i mean mm-hmm. okay yeah. i understand the thought so then and he, when was this like year wise 
1820s is when he okay. was like, statistics are my jam. Um, and I think he like found it. He even founded like an institute or a school or something. I didn't put, not put that in my notes, you know? But he was like, yeah. everybody, let's do this. This is really cool. Um, and then in the 1840s, this is where the Scottish military comes in. He finds a data set that was published in an Edinburgh medical journal, and it had the chest measurements, the circumference of 5,738 Scottish soldiers. Okay. Just chest measurements. So he took the average of all of these measurements, Mm -hmm. which was 39 and three quarters inches. And he is like, well, then that is the ideal Scottish soldier. Okay. No. Yep. That's no. <laughs> uh-huh. And so in this kind of absolutist way, his thinking was like, if we have an average mm-hmm. of a person, mm-hmm. then that average is the ideal that everybody should be working toward. That's... And in, I kind of think of it like, what's the... the... Of the Vitruvian man. Yes. yes. Kind of like that. Only everybody should strive to be that. And so it reminds me of the cockpits for the Air Force and things like that. Yes, actually. I have notes about that. Ah! (laughs) I know stuff. Yeah, but like for me, completely doesn't make sense because like you're talking about like a physical like occupation, and that's like saying if you average compiled every NBA player, that the average is going to be the ideal ideal player. But it's Mm -hmm. like, but no, because you can't have like an Allen Iverson play. Steph Curry's going to bring that curve down real fucking quick. Right. Uh But you can't have Steph Curry play center and have him be just as effective, you know, Mm -hmm. or whatever the average is, isn't going to be ideal Hmm. in every case. He also, he was kind of like, well, this, and he didn't really... And again, I did not a ton of deep research, but it, that's what I, not what this podcast. What is I did about. read about yeah, no, was not. essentially <laughs> him like he didn't expect everybody to do it, but the closer sure. you were to that average, the basically the closer to God you were. Oh, that like this is the divine destiny. He sure. also kind of thought that like in the way that like the stars move in predictable ways, in the mm. ways that God has intended, so do humans. Yeah. That we are supposed to be yeah. as close to God intends as possible, and the average is what God intends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And religiously so pursue me. mediocrity. Great. So, mm-hmm. Love it. This was kind of a <laughs> this was kind of a, a mind virus that was going through a lot of the philosophy of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, You've probably read Voltaire's Candide or at least heard about it mm-hmm. at some point. I've right? heard of Voltaire. <laughs> okay, right. Not the band. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shit. <laughs> So he, there's this character in there that keeps talking. They call him Pangloss, and his his whole thing is like there is the there is a thing out there that is the best of everything, and mm-hmm. so, somewhere out there, once we find this best possible world, whatever that's going to be heaven, right? Like that mm-hmm. that's the definition of heaven, and like Voltaire explains how crazy this is by saying like this is the best of all possible worlds, no matter what kind of horrible things are happening to us this was meant to happen so this is the best thing that could happen to us oh sure yeah right yeah Mm -hmm. which is insanity yeah right (laughs) a little bit yeah the best is yet to go Mm -hmm. and you also have things like uh blaise pascal who wrote a book um basically saying that you know god doesn't make mistakes 
So God whoever no, got no, no make no joke. <laughs> right. I mean, he's a theologian. I'm not going to give him too much shit for trying, but yeah. Sure. Um, God don't make no joke. <laughs> he was like, okay, so if God doesn't make mistakes, whatever God's doing in the world is going to be the thing that is the most successful. So whatever the largest religion in the world is, that's the right one. Yeah. He was Catholic and he was wrong about his assumptions. <laughs> Catholicism was absolutely not the biggest religion at the time. But. Right. Was it Islam at the time? No, not yeah. that either. Something in the East. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm not going to go into details because that's not the point. But yeah. Valid. The, the, yeah. Like playing with statistics and not quite understanding the reason to play yeah. with statistics yeah. was a yeah. thing sure. that was going through. And like, I'm not going to jump jump into Kant, but yeah. that's also a thing. Well, another thing is that, like, with this, and you see it with the BMI chart and the other kinds of things, that there's this morality put to a size. 110%. Which, right. like, I hope people realize that, like, that's that's not a real thing, right? No. Like, that's a thing that people, like, Cadillac formalized and then perpetuated, and yeah. now it's, like part of our standard it's standard now it's just part of how society thinks and like we don't have to uh Uh, yes like that's that's not a thing we can say no to that yeah yeah but he was the first person that took these measurements and was like oh here's what an average soldier should be fast forward about 20 years the american civil war happens (laughs) which brings back to the last episode you guys did about dinosaurs where the rich kids were just like go be free and you should go digging dirt across the pond right go on and the union needed a lot of uniforms real quick yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so they also had their soldiers' chest measurements, and they were like, okay, probably the fastest way to do this is to take all these measurements and just group them in some clumps. Yeah. And yeah, then right, we've right. got, like, small, medium, large. And th- that was essentially the first time we ever had, like, get the fuck those out. kinds of sizes. And well, it was for manufacturing soldiers' uniforms for the Civil War. I, I mean, what else would it have been, you know? Right? Because the military drives so many things. Oh my god! Wait, was that Brooks Brothers who started it? <laughs> because no, I, I honestly I, don't I, there's know. There's another history podcast where they were talking about how Brooks Brothers like suits started, and they started making like small, medium, large, but it was for slave clothing, oh and then god. they got a yeah. huge government contract for making <laughs> um, uniforms for the Union Army. I mean, it very Yikes. well could be. Mm-hmm. That's so wow. crazy. Samuel, you got your next shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> the shit's all connected. Pepe Sylvia. Pepe Sylvia. Let me, let me paint a picture of the room. There's a board on the wall with a bunch of pens and strings going from back and forth. I'm not even kidding. No. <laughs> you not. leave her yard art unicorn alone. Yeah. Yeah. He's like... <laughs> Don't you get it? That's the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Was that a Jim Carrey movie? It was like 23 or something. Oh my gosh, yes. It was 23. So it's really Unicorn. I gotcha. Yeah. Answer is Unicorn. I've never seen this. No? No. Okay. Not one of the best ones. It's great. Good to know. Majestic is better. Yeah, for real. It is better. But yeah, so we have the Civil War starting basically mass manufacturing of sized clothing in that way for the first time. And that continues and proliferates. And we've got things like catalog ordering and things like that. Lands in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
service merchandise. And so by the end of World War II, there's like a big market for trend women's clothing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at the time, you're still just ordering essentially by chest measurement. That's it. That's all you're basing it on. Yeah. <laughs> just basically just chest measurement. We're not thinking right. about anyone who has a dump truck. <laughs> no. Nothing. Right? Or and a muffin so, like, top. Or a muffin top. Clearly, Cassie Any gets it. Like, yeah. The chest measurement is not always the largest measurement on a person's not body. Not at all. That's not how bodies work. Right. Nope. I bet Quasimodo was like, these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it equals out the same, but it's my back, not my chest. <laughs> uh, but also, when you order these clothes, everyone knew that the chest measurement was it. Like, so they could sure. kind of compensate depending on style and things like that. Also, all the clothes were made with the intention of being tailored. Oh, sure. Oh. Uh, so that they just had, popped into sure. my mind. They had bigger yeah. seam allowances. They had, like, they were constructed in ways that... Tailors could deconstruct and let things out. Yes, and and tailor them to fit. Makes sense. You also had people who were like at the store with the catalog. Sure. Who could help you, who like knew the merchandise, you know? Gotcha. So it wasn't just like you didn't have a catalog and you're just like mailing or whatever. You're going to like the mercantile. Gotcha. And like ordering sure, sure, the sure. thing. So you would have some assistance. Commissioning as well. pieces. Yeah. 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 And like Sears Robot catalogs at the time, like weren't flappers really popular about this time? I mean, flappers would have been a little bit pure World War II, but yes. Yeah. So like the baggy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. And like that's also an excellent point. Like fashion up until recently wasn't expected to be as tight. Yeah. Right? right? And it was right. kind of with, like, bringing in spandex and lycra and all of these, like, stretch machine knit things. Yeah. Right? So, like, a lot of things through history had some extra room or some, like, adjustability to them. Sure. I mean, that's why you added a corset over yes. things to hold things mm-hmm. in place and to hold you and in And then place. you could loosen those strings if your size changed because everybody's size yeah. changes, too, throughout the day, throughout the month, whenever. You had some give. Wiggle room. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, but with all these this catalog ordering and this higher demand for clothes and knowing that they didn't really fit that great, you had people basically asking for more information. In 1939, the USDA did a study and it was titled Women's Measurements for Garment and Pattern Construction. Okay. Okay. Sounds helpful, but I I feel like it's not. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thanks, Department of Agriculture. (laughs) Also, I think like it was at a time before they had really like narrowed it. They had a niche. Sure. (laughs) I don't remember. I'm sure that one of the sources I had there are these two articles. Um, One is from Seamwork.com. It's called The Origin of Sizes of Clothing Sizes, and one is from Time Magazine, and it's. The Bizarre History of Women's Clothing Size. <laughs> One of her could explain it better. Um, but anyway, so we had the study done. They took 58 different measurements from almost 15,000 women. Okay. Oh, my God. All right. So the exact number is 14,698 women. It's how many they measured. I've get that extra wondered. 302, huh? No, they I've always wondered, like, why <laughs> studies would have, like, odd numbers like that. Like, why not round it up to well. this there? <laughs> I would assume God damn it, Isaac. And Isaac's going to tell me that I'm right or wrong. 
who are you getting to participate? Yeah. That, what that are the resources you have to capture participants, okay. to entice participants, things like and that? And also okay. still, even today, they'll send out surveys to like a bajillion people, right? And they only get a response rate of maybe like a third of those. Sure. So the numbers that they're basing everything are basically heavily geared towards the people that are, you know, respond to surveys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. Well, that's an issue with this particular um, survey. Because oh, no. they only yeah, went to figure, seven right? states. Oh, God. What? Only seven states. Where? I don't, I did not see that information. I feel like that's also super <laughs> important. Yeah, right. 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 It absolutely is. So they oh. only went to seven states. And the only data that was included was from white women. Some not white women were measured and were initially included and then ultimately discarded. Like their numbers were excluded from the final numbers. They all. Was it just racism or was there another like. I mean, when is it not? I I mean, I I just don't see why there there could be something. I would be curious if the USDA had a different reason, but I can't think of one. Sure. Um, They also, it was a paid study. And in 1939, oh. yeah, the government wasn't trying to pay. Anybody yeah, that so wasn't white. but also you had a lot of poor people, mm-hmm. and so the only people sure who are did. coming are women who needed that Wealthy money. White women, right. well, and... poor white women, or who are oh, sure. showing up because yes. they yeah. need they need because that. they need the money exactly. Right, they're poor, they're hungry, they need some cash. They, you're just going to take some measurements. Sure, I'll take some cash for that. Right, so they were probably on the not-so-plump side. Yeah, uh-huh. so you have white, probably malnourished women making up the bulk of this study. With no booty. With no booty. With no booty. No booty. Mm-hmm. Um, so they take Not all these measurements, the <laughs> and they initially decide they're going to keep five markers. It's going to be height, weight, bust, hip, waist. I don't understand what weight has to do with it. Right? Exactly. They waist yeah. distributed differently. Waist is or uh-huh. weight is distributed differently. Muscle and fat weigh different. Yes. Like it's, it's yeah. Just because two people weigh two fifty doesn't mean that they both weigh two fifty for the same reason. No, yeah, totally. Have the or same makeup that they're gonna carry it in their belly that they versus physically their butt. Look alike. Yeah. 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 I, so ultimately, wow. the reason I read that they discarded weight from like what they did with everything was because they didn't think they could get women to get on scales at stores. Correct. Well, sure, well. yeah. So they were like, no, that <laughs> just seems correct. too cumbersome. So we'll just leave mm-hmm. that out. We don't want to deal with these mm-hmm. emotional fiddly women. And also, like, shoes back then, that would have added, like, 6 to 20 pounds, right? <laughs> Probably. It would have had <laughs> All your underwear with its, like, wire boning. Oh, mm-hmm. my God, yes. Yeah, um, so they fit well it, they, co- they collect all this data and they publish it and like nothing happens with it for a cool. while and then about 10 years after they're done with that an organization called the mail order organization of america they asked the institute national institute of standards and technology for standard sizing and how i understand this is basically all the catalog people were like could you help us out because it's really hard for everybody to have different sizes. If right. we sure. could just all use the same measurements to do this, we could all use the same sizes and the people uh-huh. would know what to order from our catalog. Sure. And yeah. we wouldn't have to deal with returns the same way, blah, blah. And so that institute, the Institute of Standards, took the USDA study and some other studies that included men and children. And also 
They got collected a new data set from women in the Air Force. Again, probably Uh, mostly white. Yeah. Definitely not the physique of the average American woman. No. And they spent three years collating all this data and creating your standard sizes. So they published this like whole big thing of the standard sizes, basically of American people as the commercial standard, it's parentheses CS 215-58. And all the manufacturers and catalog makers and whoever else could see these standards and use them in their production. Wow. Right? So revolutionary at the time. Like they're like, we're going to make bank. This is going to be easier mm-hmm. for the consumer. Streamlining it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, streamlining. We can all share these numbers and people know what to we'll expect. We'll still all make our money. Mm-hmm. It'll be great. Right. And they also like had in their like sizing standards variations for bodies. So they had tall, regular, short. Really? They yeah. had gotcha. uh, notations for like petite and plus and all these other things, right? Wonderful. They had all these variab- variabilities that like we really don't see as much anymore. No. Like yeah. if you go to like the plus section and at like any department store, it's yeah. like two racks of clothes maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want the petite section, they are assuming you are 75 years old and like a pantsuit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or you're shopping at Justice. Like. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But these were also all voluntary. So people didn't right. have to use them. Oh, goody. At all. Oh, mm-hmm. my so, God. Like, real quick, we start seeing vanity sizing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Immediately. Yes. Which, for anybody who's not familiar, is when they make what would have been, say, a size 10, and they market it as, as a size 8, and then everybody's like, I want to go to that store because at that store I'm a size 8. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so this happens so much. This is how we end up, like, the initial, <laughs> the initial sizing scale was from, like, an 8 to a 38, I think. Mm-hmm. And then it starts, like, creeping down with vanity sizing. Yeah. Till you oh, get God. to, like, the double zero that sure. we have today. I, you know, this conversation is very funny just because Sam and I, we got some clothing from one of our friends. They just, they were like, hey, we don't need this. And her husband included a few items for Sam. And I threw what I thought was just all his shit in there. He comes into the room and (laughs) he is wearing a pair of pants (laughs) that it said like a 37 waist, I think. It said 37W, so I thought it meant a 37 waist. And that's what I assumed, Mm -hmm. which, because like, that's around Sam's size and our friend, you know, they're not exactly the same size, but Sam's tall, so Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. These pants are gaped out. He looks like <laughs> one of the twins from uh, I, oh, Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tweedledee. And Tweedledee, Tweedledee yeah. yes. So he's like, they fit real nice through the leg, but like, I don't know what's going on here. I'm like, well, it doesn't look like those would fit me. Let me see. So I put them on, toyed as fuck through my legs. I got big old calves. And then they fit perfectly. I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's this? What is this? And I had no idea that they were pants for me they had no indication but they just said 37w and that was the only mm-hmm. fucking information huh. well and figure. also like before the like letter sizing and the numbered sizing like we have today right everything was made to measure 
Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, so you yeah. would be like, you know, you made your own things. Yeah, or... you made, made your own thing. Make mm-hmm. your own things. You go to a tailor and they would measure you. Like things were made to order exclusively yeah. before this yeah. happened. Uh, but also in this time period, right, we have the Industrial Revolution. We have mm-hmm. all these factories starting. We have more textiles becoming available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, my God, I had to stop myself from going on rabbit holes yeah, yeah. about textile <laughs> histories. I was like, oh, I want to so learn much, yeah. everything. And Every also, time you come on. Yeah. And, and also the caveat of this is that most people that would complain would be rich people. Sure. Right. Yeah. Just, just right. like we do. Like we yeah. probably all went to thrift stores as kids to oh, find yeah. literally 100%. whatever fit that was vaguely in our style. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you yep. just yep. don't. You just learn not to complain yep. that your pants don't fit. Like, yes. <laughs> and that's a good point. Too. Poor people yeah. are still making their own clothes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Dolly Parton is a wonderful example of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, her song "Code of Many Colors." Mm-hmm. She, uh, her mom did what she had to, just to fucking keep the jacket together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, like many of the things we have history of, they're rich people problems. <laughs> yeah, uh, but also like many things, rich people problems become the problems for everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the masses pay for the asses. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they do. Um, but then we have because the size, vanity sizing becomes such a huge thing in the 1970s, they revamped the the numbers and gave like a new set of standards. So hopefully, companies would start using them. It did not work. In 1983, <laughs> they were like, "We're doing away with the standards. No one's paying attention to them." <laughs> We're not even trying. Was it based off the French military this time? or? (laughs) I mean, as far as I know, it's just nothing. But I think it's really interesting that Cadillac and the USDA and the Institute of Statistics, all of them are using people, like they're making these, these massive data sets around a set of people that have never represented the population. Right. And Absolutely. then giving these numbers to people who have any kind of power who are like, we got you. We're going to make clothes like that. And then when everybody's like, that actually doesn't fit me. That, that, like at <laughs> so... all. <laughs> yeah. And we're still just stuck with this like really terrible system that since 1983, manufacturers don't even have a way to try to make clothes that fit any kind of scale there is no standardization and Uh so literally when you go to a store it is just whatever they decide a standard yes so that's why each store you go to like you if i went to the mall to try on jeans i would probably be a different size in every store i might be many different sizes in one store depending on how they're designing their jeans sure Mm -hmm. um this is a thing that I've learned since I started sewing for my own clothes. And I was talking to Cassie earlier about it. Is that you as a consumer of mass-produced clothing can no longer find out what dimensions mm. these clothes are being designed for. Yeah. So, like... That blew my mind. Mm-hmm. What's generally happening, and I might get the language wrong, but you have a style block... That, like, if a company makes a size range between, like, 0 and 12 or whatever, Mm -hmm. they'll have a style block in size 6. And the style block will have a set set of dimensions. And all of the clothes they design, a size 6 will fit a person of those dimensions. Mm -hmm. And then they scale down or up, depending on sizing. And because you can't scale indefinitely like that, usually once they get, like, 6 or so sizes from their block, Mm -hmm. they have a new block. Right. Yes. Right? So... You, but I don't know. 
if I go to Torrid, if I go to Old Navy, sure. if I go wherever, I don't know what measurements their block is based on. Right. right. So that's why in that one so cut of sense. jeans at Old Navy, like the sweetheart jeans or whatever, they are probably using different dimensions. And I don't know this for sure, but this is the only way it makes sense to me. The hips and waist are going to fit different. In mm-hmm. those jeans, then the boyfriend cut, then the diva cut, then whatever other yes. cuts, yes. because they're making them to fit different body dimensions. Mm-hmm. And each block is a specific set of yeah. measurements. So they're going to have, like in the really in-depth blocks, they're going to have torso length, they're going to have mm-hmm. inseam, they're going to have total height, bicep, girth. How wide is your thigh? <laughs> girth. <laughs> well, you when gotta you, have girth. You gotta read have about girth. This, the word girth is used so much. I oh. really had to try not to oh use the word girth. God. Like constantly. I, it's vulgar. Yes. So I try to use <laughs> circumference. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You're talking about circumference. But yeah. It really depends on the block, though. I feel like girth is more descriptive. I feel like depends. my block so, would be girthy. Yeah. yeah, mine definitely would be. In the be. construction <laughs> trade I work in, they talk about circumference as a measurement that is used a lot, but um, a lot of people in my trade don't like to say circumference. They just call it the go around. <laughs> <laughs> wow it's too yeah. many syllables so <laughs> they're just measuring your thigh go around <laughs> yeah need you to provide your thigh go around your waist mm-hmm. and one of the things that i really like about like having learned to sew my own clothes is that with smaller sewing pattern companies they are transparent about the block that they're designing ah. for and so some companies design for a person who is 5'8 and has like a smaller hip to waist ratio. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. And some companies are designing for a block that start, like their their person is 5'6 and they have a bigger hip to waist ratio. And then you know, like, okay, my hip to waist ratio is a lot closer to company B than to company A. Yeah. So I'll start with them. And you end up having to do a lot fewer customizations because you know going in that my proportions are more like these proportions. But we don't have that luxury as shoppers of mass-produced clothing. That's Mm -hmm. that's not information available to us. Yes. Uh, I've made a joke for years about (laughs) how I don't have an ass. And my ass is on the front side of me. I have a belly. So... Putting pants on backwards <laughs> makes almost more sense for the way that I'm fucking shaped. You're crisscrossing it. Oh, yeah. I'm crisscrossing it over here if I I'm going to fit. Daddy Mac will make you. Yes! Jump. 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 I got this book in the fall about fitting for plus size bodies. Mm-hmm. And they have adjustments. Uh, or the company who made it is Cashmere. And they uh, their pants patterns you can get to like if you're an apple or a pear shape. Oh my god! And they the um they have like information about if you have a B belly, here's like where your pants might fit. Yes. They have the flat seat adjustments and full seat adjustments if your butt's bigger or smaller than. I was gonna ask, does he mean your butt? Your booty. Oh my god. Yeah, and so there's all these adjustments you could make, and it's really like. I don't know. It's really blown my mind thinking about the clothes we buy now. Yes. Because also through industrialization and mass production and the the and development of fast fashion, all of this stuff, we've also lost any illusion that anyone's going to have anything tailored. 
Right. Sure, yeah. yeah. No, right. that's not a thing. Yeah. Nothing is made to be tailored or adjusted no. anymore. And the skill it takes to do that well is often going to be more expensive to get it done Absolutely. than the cost of your clothes, which has contributed to this very, like, throwaway, it doesn't matter, the t-shirt yeah. only costs $4 yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Well, and, like, do you think that there isn't, like, that transparency in larger companies because of, like marketing and vanity sizing and like if someone knows that you buy like the d like for example the diva cut jeans Mm -hmm. and or whichever one like might be based around like a larger person then they'd be like oh you're wearing that oh that's how it could be it also is not like i think everybody's had the experience where you're like i really like this item of clothing yeah and i've had it for a while i'm gonna go buy another one and then it turns out that the one you find is totally different Mm -hmm. and they probably changed their block in some way i know at least in men's fashion like it it is a status indicator to have a fitted suit absolutely yeah yeah so if you're just buying off the rack of course it's not gonna fit you yeah right i mean even if you get like a hugo a boss or whatever like it's designed for their mannequin whatever but i mean there's a lot of people in the military for example that you know tailor their stuff so yeah absolutely and so we're just gonna round this out by saying that this is not like the fact that this system works for almost no one is old news also this we're gonna talk about the guy with the cockpits Uh uh-huh and yes. there's a, there's Have a you fantastic... done an episode about that? No, no okay. I learned about it at a leadership conference. Oh, nice. Okay, so yeah. I did a little research and I couldn't find a lot. So this is basically just like a very short recap uh-huh. of what Todd Rose wrote in his book, um, The End of Average. And he also has a TEDx talk. Yes. The sounds a little wonky on YouTube, but it's out there. Yes. <laughs> it's there, though. Yeah. Okay, so there's this guy and his name is Gilbert Daniels. Okay. And he is going... To Harvard, I don't know. I'm bad at math. So, like, I don't know, in the late 40s, early 50s, sure. at Harvard. And there is this study of physical anthropology, which is not okay. really a thing anymore, sure. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. It, it would be super edgy to talk about it like that. Um, but it was essentially... <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to use the real words that people would use, but and for that, yeah. Over yeah. Here. It's questionable, right? So, the... the the big thing at the time that he was at Harvard was um, typing, it was called, where you were trying to draw concrete lines between physical characteristics and personality traits. Oh. oh. Also see phrenology. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And right. so, like, the example was, like, people who are fat are also jolly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. I'm the happiest motherfucker you've ever met. <laughs> yeah. So... That's what people are talking about. Okay. And so he's like, I don't know about that, but like he's got to do a thesis. And so his thesis is he measures 250 Harvard men's hands with the hypothesis that Harvard men generally come from a similar background. I have an idea where this is going about hand size. And so he's going to measure these hands. So if all these guys are wealthy and white, they should have roughly the same size hands. Sure. They do not. Bum, bum, bum. They do not. And he's like, uh, basically this whole field of study doesn't track with my research. <laughs> so we're just not going to listen to it? <laughs> so we're going to discard it? This, this did not deter them. They actually had nude studies of a lot of students at Ivy Leagues. It's a whole thing. We're looking into it. 
as well as dosing yeah. them all, f- all with freshmen LSD. Had, I was yeah. going to say, Wait, it's just there's a There's just naked pictures thing? of all the yeah. freshmen from Ivy Leagues? Just... Uh-huh. I mean, they've since destroyed them, probably. That's probably. uncomfortable. Yeah, I but like most so. of your favorite presidents, there's a nude picture of them in a book somewhere. I'm sorry. There's just nudie pics of all the presidents? Yep. Just... Well... And the president's wives, usually, because it was at like Vassar, too. So. Sure. Wow. This makes me very uncomfortable. Uh-huh. <laughs> it made everyone uncomfortable. I'm it was that level. kind of the point where, like, if you fuck me over, then I'll uh, make sure this gets No, over. it wasn't no, that, sure but they were was... they were trying their darndest to prove, like, eugenics. But, yeah, you know, yeah, I was just yeah. about to say. That's God probably damn it. A, yeah, yeah, I know. That's <laughs> genetics almost, thing. That's, that's worse. I was yeah. bad. I don't, yeah. like, I don't like it. <laughs> we invited this fucker to the party, right? <laughs> Galton's in the back, like what, guys? <laughs> uh, just have an open mind, jeez. <laughs> but yeah, we have Gilbert Daniels doing this, and at the time, the U.S. Air Force is trying to figure out why pilots are crashing planes uh-huh. all of the time, <laughs> just constantly. <laughs> Maybe they're just not very good pilots. Well, that's the they were like are expensive. Yeah. Like I don't the know if it's come up expensive. before, but they were like yeah. the pilots need better training. We need better this. We need. They go through all of these things, and like nothing is helping. Nothing they're doing is helping these pilots not crash their planes. Hmm. Um, and the cockpit of a plane at that time had been designed in 1926 based on the average measurements Mm -hmm. for a pilot of the time. Mm -hmm. And so then the U.S. Air Force is like, I don't know, maybe people now are bigger than they were in 1926. Let's get some new averages. So they hire Gilbert Daniels is a lieutenant. They hire him to take their data and figure out the new average. So he does it. And he has a data set from 4,063 pilots. There's tons of data. Like, they've measured tons of different things on these pilots. He just takes 10 measurements that he thinks are going to be the most helpful in designing a cockpit. So, like, leg length, things like that. Sure. Cup size. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ballroom. Girth, if you will. Girth, if you will. The go-around. So he takes all of this data, calculates all the averages, and then he decides that the middle 30% is going to be the average, which I think is pretty generous. Sure. 30% in the middle sure. of your data set. Yeah. He finds that not a single pilot fits all 10 measurements when you look at that 30%. Yeah. yeah. Nobody. God damn it. So then he starts like cutting back. Okay, what about nine, whatever? And he finally gets to three. And if you cut it down to only three measurements, only three and a half percent of pilots are considered average oh, by all three measurements. Wow. My God, I forgot it was that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there's like, there, it doesn't actually work functionally no. for any pilot at all. So his report <laughs> back to the Air Force is like, if, and this is the way I've heard it phrased, if you design for the average, you're designing for no one. The sure. reason it doesn't work yeah. is because, the, and the, at the time they were like selecting pilots for just what they thought looked average. Like, you look like an average guy. You <laughs> in there for You got a piloty vibe to yeah. you. Mm-hmm. You got a drinking problem. Yeah, totally. Um, and right, the, like, ride. you look average, you pass the test, you're a pilot. You know Danger Zone and by so Kenny Loggins. He was like, yeah, no, that's not. <laughs> that's why they're crashing, because they can't reach everything. They can't see everything mm-hmm. that they need to reach and see. I can't put my arms down, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so this is, the Air Force takes it really seriously. They, they were like, oh, Jesus Christ, okay. So they go to the pilot or the fighter jet manufacturers and they're like, you need to make adjustable shit for us. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the manufacturers were like, we can't do that. It's too expensive. It'll take too long. And they're like, we don't have time. Pilots are dying every day. Fix it. And this is how we have adjustable seats in cars. Like, this is where it all came from. Like, wow. it's the first time there were adjustable yeah. helmets, adjustable flight suits. Like, all these different things came for the first time because somebody was like, actually, if we do all these averages, it all just sucks. Yeah, it doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, this is not news, but nobody pays attention to Gilbert Daniels, right? <laughs> like, he's not an easy man to find information about. We listen to Mr. Mm. Quesadilla, whatever yeah. his name is. Uh-huh. But we'll listen and it, like that, I think is the, one of the most frustrating things is that like yeah. we have this information that it's not working for everybody. Tons of people are being excluded from things that like would actually be functional for their life, and everybody's like, "But have you tried harder?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Perhaps if you just one step try harder. Mm-hmm. A try. If it harder. doesn't work for anybody, it's your fault. Have yeah. you considered those little yeah. like grippy hands that the you know the cartoons of the T Rex have? You just oh my <laughs> god! Yeah. yeah, the gophers. Yeah, the gophers. Yeah, oh with my god. a fighter jet. Yeah, yeah, piloting it with the T Rex <laughs> T Rex grabbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bet your reflexes would be n- not affected at all with that. No, not a not a bit. No. Well, at least you're not moving at like over 200 miles an hour, so uh-huh. it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> oh my god. And uh, so that's the story of Universal. That's how we got Universal sizes and also why they absolutely will not work for everybody. Mm -hmm. Nobody. Or or really anybody, yeah. Mm. Unless you are the person they base that style block on, that clothes, that that item of clothing is not going to fit you unless you have it tailored to your measurements. Yeah. So your shot is one in a million. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that makes so much more sense with yeah. things that I've bought in the past where I'm like, this is my size. Like, what is going on with this? Why do I look like SpongeBob? It right, just yeah. makes a lot more sense. I'm a long torsoed motherfucker. So, yeah. And I remember when one of my friends told me that the shoulder seams in t-shirts are supposed to be at your shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And it had never occurred to me. And like, <laughs> right. None of my shirts fit. Yes. Like, actually the way they're supposed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I learned, we yeah, learned that from I, Queer Eye. I was going to say, if I wear shirts that like the shoulder seam is at the shoulder, I swear, like my ass crack is going to show um, if yeah. I bend at a 15 degree angle. Mm-hmm. Well, so. sweetheart. And I, I have to buy a V-neck if that's a thing because I end up like choking myself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Sam's ass crack is between his shoulder blades, so that's not fair. You can't. Congratulations. I feel like you had to work for that. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> he was blessed. Sky Daddy. I also think that this whole thing is why, like, why it's surprising when people our age learn that the shoulder seam's supposed to be at your shoulder. Sure. Right? Because, like, we live in a world where, like, no one is getting anything fitted no. to right. them at no, all. No. Like, if you're not, like, going to be in a wedding... Correct. Probably not. None of my friends, at least, are getting things, like, tailored and fitted for them. Yeah, I've had one, no, two, but I bought them at the same time. Mm -hmm. I had two suits that were nice and were fitted for me at one point in time. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, we don't really think about what fits well. We think about what fits on our body. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which also contributes to that weird, like, dysmorphic feeling where when you're in a dressing room. You're like, it fits on me, but, like... 
I do not like the way I look in this. No. Yeah. It's probably because it doesn't actually fit you. Uh, yeah. And it makes <laughs> like sense. Like it does. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So many dimensions. It just fits on you. And right. that's yeah. not the same thing. Sure. I remember it was probably 10 years ago or something. Uh, Stephen Berry's was closing, which was like a discount. Oh my God. Yes. Whatever thing. Oh, and it was. Rest in peace, Stephen Berry's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, their clothes were not the most durable, but they, no. you know, it was, it, it was what it was. Decent bang for the buck. Right. So like the last week they were open, I went there and like to try on some pants to see what was left at like the 90% discount range. And I was just like grabbing stuff and I ended up with a pair of like 16 women's pants in there. Yes. <laughs> and. Did they fit? They did actually. I love you know, it. They, you know, they looked okay. A little but, baggy in the hip. And I came out and was like, hey, Ann, look, I'm 16. And, was like, <laughs> and I was like, but where are the pockets? <laughs> they don't exist. You don't get them. You don't get pockets. It's like an unsung thing. Like, I, I would be pissed if I didn't have pockets. Oh, no, it's not unsung. We're That's... highly aware of it. Okay, yeah. all right, like, all right. acutely aware of. And is that why you started designing your own clothes so you could have pockets? <laughs> I mean, I will say, I don't I don't design. I, I, other or, people... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Make your own. Yes, clothes. I I don't want to shirk. I don't want to take any credit because people are way better than sure. me at making the things. Um, part of that, yeah, but also like shopping for clothes is a painful experience. For yes, me. I hate it so much. I feel so weird about myself. Mm-hmm. Yep, and like it just sucks. And then like nothing. I also don't. I'm a I'm a sweaty kid. Yep. Like I'm. A, I, if it's a little bit warm, I'm a little bit sweaty. If it's yep. real warm, I'm real sweaty. Mm-hmm. Always. And a lot of clothes that you can find in stores are made of uh, synthetic fibers. Right. Yeah. Which makes me sweatier. Yeah. Synthetics don't breathe. Uh-huh. I want things that are linen, that are cotton, that are some blend that I can actually like feel comfortable on yeah, a hot live day. your life in. Absolutely. Yeah. So like yeah. pockets, not having sweaty armpits year round. Yep. Yes. And I, I remember we would go to the mall occasionally and we would like psych ourselves up for this thing because it's yeah. it's always it's an freaking... ordeal. And like just because, Oops. you know, we're, you know, from the Midwest and middle mm-hmm. class or whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> we, we go to the, the, the sale rack or whatever and flip through. And we were like, why do we never find things in the size that will actually fit her? And it was like, Shit, sorry, because people have already... <laughs> bought those right yeah, the reason there's so many number like size twos and size fours there is because no one in the midwest is a size two or a size four right <laughs> three people in this county. i mean i'm i'm generalizing yeah. but yeah but. yeah like the normal sizes sell first so it makes yeah. sense by the time they get to the sales rack that you know mm-hmm. it's i i was a child shopping in lane bryant and it was fucking awful it was horrible because they would have these like body types, like oh, you're an upside down triangle, you're round, <laughs> you're square, for whatever exactly. The fuck they call it, yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm more of a rhombus, to be mm-hmm. honest, not very balanced everywhere. And it wouldn't matter what size I put on, I did not fit in them. When I had other clothing that had numbers on it and it fit just fine, mm-hmm. but it makes sense now. The block that was designed from Lane Bryant uh, is a five foot nine woman <laughs> that has these yeah. has uh-huh. a flat belly. She just has a bigger one. Like yep. she's smooth fat. I, and I know fat people know what I'm talking about. Yep. There's bumpy fat. There's smooth fat, like all of those. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm a roll girl. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. I have a big chest and big shoulders, right? Yeah. So when I buy things and it was like, I'm either busting the buttons out of the front in the chest. <laughs> yes. Or it looks like a, a Jenko's, you know, those flare jeans. <laughs> oh, up the oh bottom. my God. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, none of this looks good on me. Like, yeah. yeah. And I will yeah. have to say, like, I, ha- I have like the tiniest bit of sympathy for a manufacturer because how do you, what do you do? Sure. You can't sure. design for everybody. No. Especially if you're doing. But, this but is, I was going to say, but that transparency, though, of knowing uh, yeah. what their yeah. size block the is, I feel like would be an easier yes. thing. Yeah. So how amazing would it be to just skip the stores you knew from Get wouldn't work for you? Right. Yeah. Skip to the ones that would. Mm-hmm. Also, like, there are small companies that will, for not big fees, tailor, like, you send your measurements, they'll, they'll uh, tailor it before they send it to oh, you. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And so one of them that's pretty big i think it's based in india it's called e-shakti i've used them for a lot of things over the years um they have a lot of different styles you send your measurements for ten dollars they wow. will make it to your measurements right wow and like they're not cheap clothes but also in terms of a custom fit sure whatever it's a great deal yeah there's also like a super small company called smart smart glamour no charge. She'll custom customize her clothes to your measurements. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh. And like that for Smart Glamour, my understanding is it's the designer's commitment to everybody deserves to have clothing oh. that fits on them and That's that they amazing. feel good in. That's fantastic. So even if you're not real crafty like me, like you don't have to go to stores that make you feel shitty about yourself. Like you can find things yes. that circumvent this weird sizing standard that we have and get clothes that actually make like make your body feel okay when you're putting them on. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Sam, get to it. <laughs> Sam yeah. gonna start his own line? I don't know. If Snuggies, I mean, he's there already he's I already have, there. I have made a couple Snuggies. Got two prototypes out. Have, have you considered cat clothes? Clothes that make people look like cats. Oh or... my god! No, <laughs> I hadn't considered that, but yes, now that's exactly yes, what I want. Now. Oh my god! Well, and thank you so much for bringing a light to such an amazing, like everyday subject. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Thanks for like me... you brought us down, but then you brought us back up at the end. I mean, thanks for letting me yell about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Our pleasure. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like those, the, the, the things that you use the most can be the things that can cause the most frustration. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, there's this thing. I, I promise I'll stop after this. There's this thing I think people have because this pervasive, like, your body size is an indicator of your morality. 100%. That there's, there's this really common thought of, I don't deserve to have clothes I feel good in or feel that I feel like myself in. Sure. Because I'm not myself because I'm not skinny yet. Yes. And that's, talk to a therapist about that. That's not reality. Like, you can buy (laughs) clothes that are comfortable now. You do not have to be uncomfortable every day. Amen. You're just making yourself miserable and everyone else, because if you're like me when you're uncomfortable, ain't nobody happy. Nobody. Mm -mm. Like, you don't have to do it. I just recently went through that. I lost quite a bit of weight before my surgery, which it's been a year Sam and I were talking yeah. about that hey, uh, yeah. when we recorded last, that I completely 
forgot about it. Like, that's how much I care anymore. I'm like, it's whatever. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> so uh, I lost a ton of weight beforehand. Um, a friend of mine <laughs> needed some clothing for a coworker. So I cleaned out my closet and I had probably two or three trash bags full mm-hmm. of larger size clothing. And after surgery and recovery and a year later, I am nowhere near the clothing that I had. So I was feeling really, really, really poorly about myself for a while. And until I said something to Sam, he was like, you deserve to have clothes that you feel good in, that are comfortable Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And uh, we went out and he bought me a couple (laughs) of different things and... It completely changed. And then I got then I got hand-me-down clothes from a friend and yeah, I got a bunch more go. things. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, yay! But it has completely changed my attitude mm-hmm. and because I'm more comfortable again. Yeah. And being a little bit uncomfortable all day long is like <laughs> so exhausting. Much. It really is. So you have to keep pulling your shirt down yes. or like that belt's just digging into you. And yeah. for me, the best That's outfit. That's my new one. Oh, I hate it so much. I got a new belt and it gave me a bruise. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? Do I have like a liver spot in my like upper pubes? <laughs> like what's going on here? Like, like, is this why Johnny Depp buckles his on like the on side the of his hip? That's an option. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm Suspenders, fellas. Suspenders. <laughs> no, but yeah, real, your yeah. belt buckle doesn't have to go in the front. I mean, I hear you, and that makes sense. Yeah, but, but who? <laughs> Am I that cool? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Only one way to find out. <laughs> but yeah, I remember when we lived in our apartment, we had this like shower head that came with the apartment. It was like completely mm. shitty, just the thing that he got for like five yes. bucks at mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the hardware store. And then. I picked up a shower head on clearance that was, you know, originally like 80 bucks or something. And it was like, has hey, this stupid little purchase that I got for cheap. But you would be surprised the difference that a decent shower head oh can make God. in your life. Amen. And it's like, it's little things like that. And like not realizing your belt doesn't actually fit you. Like mm-hmm. that, those are yeah. the things, like the subtle things yeah. that are going to just like make your day different Mm -hmm. yeah especially with clothes like if you can put it on like feel good in the morning and be like yeah i look good in this and then not think about it all day Mm -hmm. that's the idea i don't want to think about my clothes yes it releases a lot of that i i don't know i call it like the apps in the background like Mm -hmm. in my brain yeah. yeah You know, it's the tabs that are open that continuously yeah. keep going. I don't want to have to keep put, pulling up my bra strap. I don't want to have to keep yep. tugging my shirt down. Like, I just don't want to have to do yep. any adjustments throughout the day. That's the goal. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now that's my goal, too. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Illuminating. Yeah. High five sound effect. Woo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Insert sound effect. We have that budget here. 80s Trump high five. You guys just didn't see it. Just couldn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> so many chords in here. Let's 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 just pretend we did that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, use your imagination. No, they did it. They did it. <laughs> they they did it. Yeah. All righty, cats and kittens. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. <laughs> what about the cool ones? We're bringing the smooth jazz back into. So yeah, don't know what that voice was, but hey, welcome back. Uh, we have a get that shit for you, and just like our banked episode, we're bringing back an oldie but goodie. Oldie but goodies. Uh, we're bringing back Pals Socks. P A L S Socks. Uh, it's a wonderful organization that's LBGTQIA plus owned. Boom. And it is, uh, yeah, it's a really cool company, which if you guys, I don't remember which episode it was from, but mm. 
If you haven't, a few back. right? A few back. But if you haven't heard about it before, missed that episode. It's a company that make started out making socks for kids that mm-hmm. uh, don't match. Unlikely friends, right, yeah. or something like that. Uh, yeah, they just it, it, unlikely like, pairings. Yes, they yeah. have, and it's really cute because they have stuff like. One sock's a crab, one's a jellyfish, one's a cow, that. one's a pig, Yep. Uh, chips and guac. Oh my <laughs> fucking God. But yeah, like the whole mission was, you know, just because something's different doesn't mean that they aren't friends or don't belong together and really trying to encourage kids to, to be inclusive and, and embrace diversity and understand that it only enriches our lives instead of. Just trying to Detracts keep everything from the it. same. Yeah. yeah. And they also... Love it. Yeah. Since the last time been on, they've added some new products. Um, yeah. They've... Uh, obviously, I'm sure they're always coming up with new combos uh, for the socks themselves. But well, I also saw... They need saw, actual combo socks. <laughs> they also have uh, clear, uh, like, rain boots for, like, kids so you can, like, see the socks. <sighs> Do they only come in children's sizes? I don't. I don't know. Maybe they may have adults as well. Okay. okay. Um, I'm need them. They also have like coloring books and um, yeah. And then they uh, the socks. Uh, a lot of them have names and uh, like for the characters, like little stories. Them. Yeah, too. And little stories Aww. of how like they became friends and they're called postcards. They sell like boxes to collect those postcards and stuff. So it's, so cute. Yeah pretty affordable uh goes to it's just a, it's a cool it's a cool company uh and you can find them at palssocks.com that's p-a-l-s-s-o-c-k-s.com or and at palssocks on instagram i'll make sure to put that uh stuff up for you guys so you can just it's just a click away yeah and, right on uh, right on yep i think that about does it yeah yeah can't wait for part two. Part yeah. yeah. Part bleh. <laughs> bleh. Where we bring uh, uh bring Isaac into the uh the mix. Right. So y'all be good or be good at it. And uh And don't do anything I wouldn't do. Well, just not much. Take care of yourselves. <laughs> Love and life. Love and life. Bye. 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 OMGJK. So uh, make sure you guys are uh, listening to us on all of your different streaming platforms. Uh, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. And if those don't suit your fancy, you can find more platforms on our Instagram bio at GTS underscore podcast. While you're there, please like, follow, and subscribe so we can continue to grow our shit. Check out our link tree to find our website, episode resources, extra streaming platforms, and much, much more. Please holler at us if you have any small businesses you want to hype or a topic you don't want to do homework on. You can always catch us at our email, getthisshitpodcast at gmail.com. All right, so for realties now, bye!